Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call one 800 245 6000 That's one 800 245 6000 Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. Taxnetworkusa.com slash victor. Hello to the listeners of the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Welcome to our new podcast we're launching. It will be a interview series. And today we have Devin Nunez on deck for our interview. And I would like to remind everybody that Victor is the Martin and Neely Anderson Senior Fellow in Military History and Classics at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. He is available at his website, victorhanson.com. That's H-A-N-S-O-N. And you can join as a subscriber for $5 a month or $50 a year. It's a great deal with about 2,400 to 3,000 words that are exclusive to our subscribers under the VDH Ultra material. Before we get to Devin and the interview with Victor, we need to take a break. So we'll be right back. Have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and veggies may actually lower, lower your risk of cancer. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. If not, you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is found in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. Will Field of Greens prevent, treat, or cure cancer? No, but it's so powerful, it promises at your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. I got you 15% off and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code VICTOR, V-I-C-T-O-R, for your discount. That's promo code VICTOR at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes, so no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? For our listeners, Factor is giving you 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month when you use the promo code VICTOR50 at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Remember, to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month, head to factormeals.com slash victor50, that's V-I-C-T-O-R-5-0, and use the code VICTOR50, that's code VICTOR50, at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back. And we're very excited to have Devin Nunez here. He is the congressman in our area in the Valley for the last, he's had 10 terms as congressman. And, and I think perhaps more interesting to me is that he held his ground in the investigation of the Steele dossier, regardless of the press and the accusations against him. So uh, we're really happy to have him and I'll let you take it from there, Victor. Well, thank you. And uh, my honor to have a friend. We both live right next to the 99 freeway, about 25 miles apart. I've known Devin for a long time. I followed his career for 20 years in the Congress, and he is the CEO of Truth Social. And because that is a radical idea to offer an alternative to Silicon Valley, I thought we'd have him on and for the first 10 or 20 minutes explain exactly what Truth Social is, how you can get on it. And, you know, Devin, I thought I'd start, we get all of this information about Facebook and Twitter and Parler and Rumble and Hive and all of these things. Why don't you just, what is Truth Social and what exactly makes it unique in this really crowded market? Well, Victor, thank you. And Sammy, I really appreciate being on your podcast because we are a, uh, obviously we're friends and neighbors and you've been a great mentor of mine for all these years, but also you should know that I'm an avid listener of your podcast. I don't wow. miss one. I don't <laughs> miss you. I don't miss one. Um, obviously with, with, with Jack uh, and Sammy as your, as your co-hosts, uh, I enjoy it when I'm flying back and forth. Um, from basically California to mostly Florida now. We're, we're a Florida-based company. And I think that's something that is of interest to you with your background, uh, working at the Hoover Institutes, the great one-time great Silicon Valley. Um, why would the fastest social media startup in history decide to re relocate not to California and come to California? Why did we start in, in Florida? But the, bot the bottom line uh, is that True Social uh, is a company that was started by President Trump, and uh, it's, it's a very simple mission statement. Uh, we're going to open the Internet back up in order to give the American people their voice back and ultimately around the world, because social media is, where, like, it or, like it or not, if you, and everybody sees this, you, you go to a restaurant or a doctor's office or a baseball game, it doesn't really matter. 
you will see a third to 80% of the people on their device all the time. And, you know, so much so that it, it's really changing human nature, uh, which is very disturbing. And Victor, as you know, I've got three young girls and, yes. you know, it's very, very tough uh, to keep them. They're addicted to these damn iPads and, you know, we have to, we have to take them away from them. But the bottom line is, is that it's the way we communicate now around the world is over the internet and through social media. So what I don't understand is that, so Rebecca Mercer and her group had uh, just stunning initial success with Parler, Parler or Parler, however we, we use the French or American pronunciation, but after January 6th, there was sort of a collusionary effort to strangle it. And as I followed True Social, I see attacks on it from other Silicon Valley companies that either try to boycott it or won't do business, or hackers that have given you guys that have gone after you or put phony accounts. The media keeps pronouncing your premature death. Even the federal government, there's some worry, I think, that the federal government will, under the Biden administration, because it's been weaponized, will go after. How do you survive when you're dealing in such an environment and Silicon Valley has $6 trillion of market capitalization against you? And, and I mean that literally against you. What's your strategy? How do you? How yeah, do you so, 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 so very, very good question. So, you know, I like to say that Donald Trump didn't need a new company and I didn't need a new job. But the mission to give the American people their voice back is the most important issue at the highest level. Um, and I had had this conversation with many of my former colleagues uh, in, in Congress, uh, many people in the, in the media, uh, and including with you, Victor. Um, but I, I was one of the first people to actually catch these tech tyrant companies doing what's called shadow banning. So back, you mentioned earlier the Russia hoax in the introduction, Sammy did. Yeah. And during that time period, I didn't have any way to get my message out because I was getting you know, dozens and dozens of fake news stories every single day being bombarded. And the only way I really had, I had a few, I had a, there was a few legitimate journalists out there that I, that I could go to that would do real investigative uh, reporting. Uh, but, and, and that was fine. It was easy to work with them and they could push it down. But then what you'd see is when you went to Google uh, search those, those stories, uh, good luck. You couldn't find them. And so I had no choice but to, I'd have to go to use social media, which I had Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I quickly discovered that, that I was being shadow banned. And so we caught them doing that, I think in late 17, early 18, which is right in the heart of the Russia hoax uh, scandal that we uncovered. And so I started to look for alternatives. And you mentioned Parler, I was the first uh, Republican to go to Parler and get an account. And I watched it just take off to the moon. Um, yeah, I remember that. I, I quickly had more followers, more engagement than I had on all the other platforms combined. And it was, it was really a, a breath of fresh air. And I started to learn and see the landscape that you can have all the money in the world, but you can't stifle free speech. And Parler was growing without Donald Trump without any major Republicans, without the new, you know, even the conservative or center right uh, news media outlets didn't initially go to go to parlor. 
And even in the end, ultimately, the, the story ends with, with Amazon was the big culprit, but Amazon cut their cords and knocked out their servers. And boom, they were you know, sent to the dustbin of, of history, as they say. So I've been following Truth Social in the first, say, the hectic 90 days. And it seems like the media have these, these op-ed writers and that are you know, they're working with the hard left and they have these fake news stories that your guys are failed, you're broken, you, there's an investigation, there's this, there's, and they're trying to strangle you in the crib. Are you at, in the, your adolescence now where that's impossible and that you're, yeah. that it, you're growing at such a rate that, that they're going to have to get with it and accept it? Yes. Yeah, so, so what we did, so I went to parlor, saw that take off. Yeah. I also, as you know, I had my own uh, podcast and I had to create it. I, I, I started my podcast. I was the first congressman, I believe, or, or close to the first to actually start a podcast. And I didn't do a podcast because I, uh, you know, because I needed more to do. It was the only way that I had that people could hear directly from me. They could sign up, get my podcast, um, you know, just like they, they do with yours. And it was my way to get around the fake news. And I think that uh, that I set... I'm probably the first political player in history, at least at the congressional, at the federal level. Um, and you know this very well, better than anybody, Victor. I cut off all the fake news. I mean, I, even the local media, I completely cut them off, right? There was no yeah. way, you know, and I had told them very clearly, you remove your fake news stories or I'm gone. Like, I don't talk to you, period. And it drove them absolutely batty. And of course, I'm in numerous lawsuits with, with many of those uh, news uh, agencies now, but I don't think there's anyone who has ever done that. Um, and yet, you know, I have been very clear to my former colleagues and, and to, you know, anyone who is center, center right, who doesn't want to be politically censored. The longer you talk to the fake news, the longer you don't uh, go to companies like True Social uh, and Rumble, uh, you're just feeding the beast. So... When I was doing that podcast, Victor, I talked to Dan Bongino, and he said uh, at the time, he's like, man, your podcast is, is crazy. It's doing, it's doing really, 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 really well. And he says, you got to do video. And I said, okay. You know, and I said, uh, you know, and he told me about YouTube. And I said, all right. You know, I didn't know any better. And so I started doing a video simulcast on um, YouTube. And, and Victor, I didn't know. I thought, okay, 9,000 followers on YouTube. I thought, oh, great, 9,000. It sounds pretty good. I didn't know any better, right? But then what I noticed is every week, my views, even though I was sending this out via email to, to my followers all over the country and around the globe, my views on YouTube, massive site, were actually going down, Victor, mm. while my audio listens were going up. And I, you know, I'm not a, a podcast guy or a media guy, but I, I told kind of my team, I said, something's seriously wrong here. Like, this is impossible, right? I like, look, I know that I, you know, maybe I'm not the, the best personality, media personality, and maybe I suck, but I can't suck that back, right? <laughs> Where, yeah. I mean, if, if there could have been negative views, it got to the point, Victor, you know, my family, I've got a yeah. huge family around here. My family would at least click the play button on YouTube Right. So that at least I would get a, a you know, a, a play. Right. But I was I was getting down into the low hundreds of views. So I went and I said, look, let's just find a damn video player anywhere, anywhere. Let's just check them all out. So we found this company, Rumble, that was a, a small video player company. 
in Canada. And it was funny. I called up the, we, we got the account. We checked it out. I called up the uh, CEO of Rumble. And uh, at first it was kind of funny because he thought he was under investigation by the House Intelligence Committee. <laughs> wow. And, and, uh, and then he later tells the story. Then he thought, oh my God, what does this guy know? It sounds like why is this guy even on the intelligence committee? Because I asked a very basic question to him, which was, hey, Chris, I just want to know if I put my video to rumble and then somebody go and I send out that link, one, will, will the link work? And two, will the, you know, if, it, if the link doesn't work, will it, um, you know, will you confirm that if I go in and search Devin Nunes podcast, Will it actually come up? And at that point, Chris says, "What the? You know, he's thinking." And he later tells the story. It's pretty funny. He thought he immediately went from thinking he's under investigation to, "Wow, this sounds like does this guy not know how technology works?" And I said, "No, Chris. I said, go to, you know, go Google my name. Go to go to YouTube right now and try to find my podcast." And that was a like a holy crap moment for him because he quickly said, "It's not here." And he thought that he's like, are you sure you're posting your podcast to YouTube? I said, yeah. And I sent him the links, which he was able to see, but you couldn't find it on YouTube. So that was a, that was a shocker and an eye opener for me that, and for him. And, and look, long story short, I went from, and so remember I had been on YouTube, you know, I, I'd been posting there for you know several months and, and in three weeks, Victor, Three podcasts later, I had, remember I told you I was 9,000 yeah. followers on YouTube, 35,000 followers on Rumble, a site that no one had ever heard of. And I had 35,000 followers. So much so that then the people at Rumble thought that, man, I must be doing some like covert operation using like the NSA to get all these followers, right? He thought they were bots or fake people. And they did a whole assessment. But the thing was, Victor, it started to skyrocket from there. And in four months... I had, I had nearly 400,000 followers and the rest is history. Now I'm like at a million followers between my two accounts on Rumble. And as you know, that's impossible. YouTube has, you know, a billion, billions of users around the globe. How can a, you know, a, a fairly well-known political person you know, from California, the largest state in the union with a national following, how can he throw up a video and, you know, this only be, you know, this only be, uh, you know, seen by, uh, you know, a few hundred people. But so that's kind of how I got into this. But and, you know, um, you've had all that experience of what they're like and what they're capable of and what their agenda is. And then you have a force multiplier effect of Donald Trump and they have an irrational. I mean, they were angry at you for exposing, the, you know, everything from the stupid uh, ping fable in Trump Tower to the dossier to the whole collusion stuff, but they despise the very sight of Donald Trump. So when you when you think of your experience and you think of what they're going to do to Trump affiliation, how do you avoid the fate of Parler? That's what I'm trying to see. I mean, it, the odds are yeah. so huge, and yet you're still growing. And I don't yeah, want to. Totally. I don't think our audience needs to know how many followers you have because that's a business secret. But you're obviously didn't get strangled in the crib. So how do you, are you just going to grow organically? Like you said, you, your podcast did once you got in Rumble and you're going to be well, on a trajectory they can't 
they can't destroy or what's the strategy? Well, look, it's, it's real simple. And this is why when President Trump called me uh, to ask me to come and run the company, it's why, it's why I already knew this was going to be a success because I had watched it with myself and Rumble, myself on Parler with virtually no other major players at all on either of those platforms. And I watched it skyrocket. So I knew there was no question people will flock to just come to have free speech and not be censored. So the bottom line here is, is that we have built this block by block and we're not relying on any of these tech tyrant companies, none of them, zero. So we're uncancelable. So that's why it's driving them absolutely nuts. There's no way that they can stop us because we are riding, we're actually partnering with Rumble. Rumble has built out a cloud. We're using there. So we have data farms with them, uh, server farms. And you know they no matter how hard they try, they can't cancel us. The best they can do is write numerous fake stories about us and attack us and smear us. But, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, every day we grow and we continue to grow. And, um, you know, and look, we're only on we're only on Apple right now and a web browser. So you can get us through any device. Um, we're not even approved yet on the on the Google Play Store. And uh, and we are, you know, like I said, nobody will write this, but we've got to be the fastest growing social media company in history. Nobody could rival us for the first you know, few months that we've wow. been. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, if you've been listening to our show, you've probably heard Victor talk about Hillsdale College. It's one of the few colleges in the U.S. still interested in teaching truth. What you probably didn't know is that they have over 40 free online courses. And Victor is one of the professors in three of those courses, American Citizenship and its Decline, based on Victor's book, The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America, The Second World Wars, based on his book by the same name, and Athens and Sparta, partly based on his book, A War Like No Other, How the Athenians and Spartans Fought the Peloponnesian War. Don't you wish Victor would have been one of your professors in college? Well, now you can join him as he covers some of the main ideas of his books with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, for free. The courses are seven to nine episodes long, and they are self-spaced, so you can take them whenever and wherever. I think I'm going to start with American Citizenship and Its Decline, where Victor explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. Hey, start your free course with Victor Davis Hansen today. Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. It's free and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. hillsdale.edu slash vdh. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience 
and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Devin, before I go over, I want to ask some questions about your congressional career. But if I Google, as I did about an hour ago, all of these attack stories that it's failing, there's a waiting list. A lot of them are dated. I mean, they're they're from April. And I noticed one thing. I don't know if you've noticed it, but I shouldn't say that. You obviously have that this that the sheer number of negative stories is is declining now. And they're kind of it's harder to find them than it was six weeks ago, which tells me that as you say, you're getting successful. But where do you think True Social will be, let's say, at Christmas time. I don't need to know the, the exact number, but what, yeah. what, will, what will be its presence on social media? Well, look, the, the big thing we're waiting for right now is to be on the Google Play Store. Um, that, that then rounds out the, uh, you know, the, the platform because then you, know, you can get a, a Google uh, an app, you know, an app for your Android phone versus having to go through the web browser. And that's, and we, we look, we already have a cement hold. Uh, and I like to, I like to kind of say to use, you know, kind of, you know, military terms, but, you know, we're trying to, to establish a beachhead in this world, which we have established that cannot be destroyed. And the last part of, of building that beachhead is, is to be on, on Android so people can get the app on Android. So the app's built, it's waiting for approval. Um, then the next step, yeah. the next step is to, to open up in other countries. And this week we are opening in the United Kingdom. And obviously a very interesting time in the United Kingdom. They've had a lot of censorship issues there also. And that'll be our first, uh, this is our first foray into, into a foreign country. And then we'll continue to expand from there. And, and like I started out with, we're looking at the best of Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, which is where the users are. A lot of people have been fixated on Elon Musk and Twitter and what the fake news has basically you know, refused to, to report is President Trump and I were both very clear, like, look, our mission is to open the Internet back up. We hope Elon buys it. We also said from the beginning, I said it was a house of cards uh, and, and, and didn't know how it was going to work. But if Elon Musk could, you know, he can't he couldn't make Twitter any worse. And if he could buy Facebook and TikTok, that'd be great, too. Uh, and of course, President Trump said the you know the same thing that he he supported Elon Musk buying it. Uh, but then, of course, as Elon Musk started to do his due diligence through the process, he realized what we already knew and what I knew from you know just my uh, prior life dealing with social media companies. There just aren't any nor- normal people are not on Twitter. It's a place for celebrities and yeah, sports yeah. figures and corporations and political hacks and left wing journalists. And then when you you put on top of that, that they censor anybody that's on the right, it just drove all those people out of there. So, you know, we are trying to take the, the best uh, of all of these platforms, put it into one and make it very simple, very intuitive. And I, and look, we have that right now. There's probably not an, an easier platform for someone to use than ours because we do a very few things, but we do them very, very well. And we're building out the rest of those features. So that is essentially, and it's a long way to get to your your question, but we are our kind of 
you know, ability to establish that beachhead and be a place that doesn't censor politically, be family friendly and not be cancelable. You know, it gives us a pretty good spot to be. And that's why we've, that's, that's been the key to our success. That's why we have so many users already to date. And, you know, I can, this is not a, this is not a trade secret because it's out there publicly, but, you know, Donald Trump is, you know, 3.6 million followers already in just a matter of a few months. And you survived sort of the, the beachhead attack that killed Parler, the depriving of uh, access to apps. And that was. Yeah. And, and look, what, what um, remember with, you know, Parler's mistake was that, and, and look, and I love them and I worked with them and I feel horrible about what happened to them. But their mistake was, is they went out and heavily relied on dozens of these big tech companies yeah. to build that company. And we've essentially, we learned from that and we've done the opposite. So we're building slow, we build block by block, but we can't be, we can't be shut down. So the best that they could do, and the irony of this is, is that we're in a propaganda war in this country and around the globe where the left is controlling the, not just the media, the schools, all the stuff you talk about on your, mm -hmm. uh, on your show, but I think most importantly, and this is lost on people, is the filter, the funnel of how all that information flows to the human being is being done through social media. And that's why I have said from the beginning, this is our biggest challenge. You cannot win any war, much less a propaganda war, if you can't even communicate with each other. And so that's going to be, you know, like I said, that's going to be our uh, you know, our strong suit here. And that's why we're going to continue to grow because these companies, they can't help themselves. They're so woke. They've gone absolutely bat, you know what, crazy. Yeah. With know stuff that they're promoting the censorship that they're, that they're willing to do uh, to their own, you know, to their own detriment. I mean, Twitter is the best example of that where they've, it's been overrun with spam and bot accounts that, you know, they may never admit this, but they promoted that. I mean, there were firms out there, Victor, and I, I bet they don't talk about it now, but you know, just a few years ago, you could go hire firms, these kind of dark money firms that could go out there and get you followers and likes and they post on your account. And these big corporations would hire those people. And, and what happened was, is that they, they allowed the Democrats and the left in this country to do exactly the same thing while they shadow banned everybody else. And look, we can go into that, but that was all started. Donald Trump became president of the United States because he outfoxed them on social media. He used Facebook and Twitter and Instagram to, to get elected in 2016. And Hillary Clinton, all these hotshots, didn't even know it was coming. And he was able to do it because at that time, there was very little censorship on those platforms. And there, was, there was not. He even, was, he even created a kind of uh, new Twitter. I, I don't do Twitter, but he had a kind of a lingo or a rhythm that no one had done before. He would say things like, oh, uh, Mitt Romney, uh, once again, flailing. And then he would put a period and then he just put one word, sad or pathetic at the end. You remember that? And oh, yeah. Kind of, and that everybody was. Bizarre. And then that started to be copied, that, that method of, of tweeting. Yeah, and, me, look, uh, and, and look, okay. and just, just to finish up that point, and this is well documented, Obama in late 2016, after the election and Zuckerberg, they both had conversations 
where they started about that, that Donald Trump won because of fake news. They developed the term fake news, not Donald Trump. And, you know, funny enough, he turned it on them and basically labeled them fake news. Uh, but that's when the censorship started and it got worse and worse and worse. And you can fast forward to 2020 and it, it ends with uh, the Hunter Biden laptop from hell being buried by social media and all the media, but for sure social media. And they, you know, that was the New York Post who broke that story, by the way. It ended with Zuckerberg spending nearly $500 million yeah. in the election in only in basically only toss-up states. And it ended finally with Parler being destroyed uh, and Donald Trump and, and millions of other Americans being kicked off of all platforms. It is so sinister that we're only at the beginning of this, uh, but history... Uh, is going to look, uh, this is a very dark chapter in American history that, that I see starting in 2015 and 16 when Obama and Clinton engaged the FBI and the Department of Justice to spy on the Trump campaign, smear the whole Republican Party with this Russia nonsense, and it ultimately led to fake impeachments, the Mueller investigation, and, and kicking people off of social media. We're in the middle of this, of this dark chapter of American history, but we're, as you know, because you talk about it a lot, this is a dark place that we are at right now. No, it is. And uh, if we're going to take a break right now. But if our listeners really want to get a nice synopsis of what Devin Nunes just outlined, the best way to do it is hear it right out of the horse's mouth from a leftist, Molly Bell. She wrote a Time magazine gushing, arrogant, celebratory argument of what we did in the 2020 election. Go read it. It's a time essay. And in it, she uses the word conspiracy as in good conspiracy. And she outlines the dark money that was used to influence precincts and to absorb the work of registrars. She brags that she even says that this is what was really striking is that they even modulated, as you remember, Devin, she, she brags, they modulated the de demonstrations so that the demonstrations uh, kind of cooled as the election wore on. And it's one of the most disturbing articles I've ever read, but we're gonna take a break right now and we'll be back and we're gonna shift focus. We might have a couple of questions and then we'll shift focus to finish our interview with more about the Russian collusion hoax and Devin's career as the House Intelligence Committee. And we'll be right back. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 
We're back with Devin Nunez, and we've been talking about the new social company that he's the CEO of, the Trump-affiliated True Social. Devin, I want to make a point, and maybe you could elaborate it. Before this all started, what I remember is you came up to the Hoover Institution, you spoke to the Military History and Contemporary Conflict Group, and I distinctly remember, and that group that I, I chaired has a lot of ideological diversity in it. And some of the, the most adamant never Trumpers were in that group. But what I remember is you were warning that in 2012, 2014, that Russia was a, a, a a potential danger because it had a tendency to want to intervene. But my point is that you were trying to warn people that the reset under Hillary Clinton, continued by John Kerry, Barack Obama was a very dangerous thing to do, and that people were inordinately appeasing Russia and empowering it. And do you remember that period? And what I'm trying to get at is that when you then said, the dossier is fake. The FBI was improperly using him as an informant. He's a foreign national. His sources are probably Clinton retreads. There's these firewalls that we can't get to because of the DNC, the Perkins Coie, the Fusion GPS. When you brought all this up, all of a sudden, they created this uh, construct that you were soft on Russia after you had been the one trying trying to warn everybody that Russia was capable, if it wanted to, to do a lot of damage during election periods. Oh, yeah, Victor. And um, and I think it had it not been for two op-eds that I had that I had written in oh, around the 2014-15 timeframe. And then, ironically, an interview that I gave, a live interview that I gave on CNN in the spring... And remember that date, spring of 2016. Had it not been for that, I think they would have put the full weight of DOJ and FBI investigating me and Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee. Um, But they just couldn't get around that that was out there on the record, um, also through congressional letters that that we in correspondence that, that we had that we had sent. But. But look, I, you know, I had no idea that this was going, you know, they, they started this Russia nonsense in 2015 and 16, you know, going after Trump, you know, which ultimately became the Republican Party. Um, so they were they were going full blown smearing behind the scenes at the Department of Justice, the Trump campaign at the same time, by the way, that I came out publicly on CNN and said the biggest intelligence failure since 9-11-2001 is our inability to understand Putin's plans and intentions. And at that time, you know, you look back and it was a big statement that I made and it quickly got picked up a little bit by the fake news groups and then immediately like just smoldered. Now, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee just came out and said it's the largest intelligence failure since 9-11 and the media like just ignored it. Uh, but thank God I had done that, you know, I had done that interview because little did we know that Obama and his DOJ and the Clinton campaign were in full motion uh, framing uh, the Trump campaign and the Republican Party to smear them with what they were guilty of. They were guilty of everything that you see now. We're paying the price because of 
the stupid reset that, that started you know, with Hillary Clinton, the Benghazi fiasco uh, that, you know, that was, and you know, then the Syria fiasco, you know, and look, Victor, for all the, the billions of dollars, this is not rocket science. How could we not know that Vladimir Putin, one of our biggest adversaries where, you know, our military is positioned to defend against this nuclear power. How do we you not know, know that they were that they were going to go into Syria, Libya, and then ultimately Crimea? Like, I know. I, know I wasn't saying anything that was rocket science here, but by by that time, by 2016, like I'm like, holy crap, am I the only one out here that's, that's seen this? And I felt an obligation to go out. I didn't like to smear the you know, or, or uh, call out the military and intelligence, but I had no choice in 16 because it had gotten completely out of control. Like if I didn't say something, who who was? So it's the classic, uh, it's the classic projection of this Marxism where they accuse you of what they actually were doing. And I think now that it's all been unraveled, what you see is Biden's were getting money, Clinton Foundation was getting money, um, and they they were looking for anything and everything. They probably assumed that that one of those adversaries had the Clinton emails. And they said, wow, what an easier way that we have to do. And just in case these Clinton emails come out, which, by the way, we never they never came out. They never they never the emails that came out were, were basically nothing. But I think they were afraid of that. And they got the FBI and the DOJ to start this whole investigation based on that. You know, Trump was coordinating with Putin to, uh, you know, to get these, you know, and that was to cover up. Yeah, you I know, think you're absolutely right. What they were afraid of. And that's what it was all about. I think everybody realized that Vladimir Putin is aggressive when world oil prices are high and he has cash and he senses appeasement on the part of the United States. That's why when the Bush administration had George W. Bush in 2008, oil was high. We were in internal disunion and Bush's uh, ratings were where Biden's were. He went into Osatia-Georgia and then he went into Crimea and Eastern Ukraine in 2014. Oil prices were high. Obama, remember the Seoul, uh, South Korea, 2011. If Vladimir will just give me some space, it's my last election, then I'll be flexible on missile defense. And, and they kept their bargain. People forget about that. Right. Obama right. Oh, yeah. dismantled missile defense and Putin kept his bargain. He behaved until after Obama was securely reelected. And then he invaded but it's a, one of the weirdest things in the world i i know the frustration that everybody has especially you and when, when you looked at trump that was the one period between 2000 if you look at 2008 and 2014 and now 2020 so three out of four administrations he invades and he doesn't during trump and then you think well trump was accused of collusion but then you look at the record and you think wow he killed those 200 mercenaries in syria Wow. He got out of that asymmetrical uh, medium range missile deal. Wow. He's up the sanctions on the oligarchs. Wow. He poured uh, oil onto the world market and helped crash the price. Wow. He sold Javelin offensive missiles to Ukraine that the Obama administration wouldn't do and Biden wouldn't do at the, at the beginning of his administration. And then you think, well, he was trying to he was trying to reset the reset where John Kerry had invited for the first time in I guess 45 years Obama and John Secretary of State had invited 
the Russians into the Middle East to help them, quote unquote, find WMD. So it, it was frustrating. And you're absolutely right. They appeased Putin. They appeased Putin. They they seemed weak. And then they accused everybody else of what they were doing and called it collusion. And I don't know how what this is all going to end, Devin, but I don't know how, what Durham is going to do. But I, I would like your opinion when it's all said and done. And you look at all the damage and wreckage of lives, Papadopoulos, Carter Page, uh, all of the FBI, Comey's 245 times I can't remember under oath, uh, Kleinsmith forging a document, James Baker's activity, Lisa Page, uh, the stroke uh, text, the FBI losing phones uh, records, John Brennan and James Clapper both having lied under oath to the Senate, and then uh, going to work as analysts where they were kind of winking and nodding about their security clearance knowledge. Where do you think it all ends? What do you think people are going to say or what can we do to make sure it never happens again? Well, Break up the FBI, put it in Kansas City or something? Well, going through, going back to, you know, I think you had an important point. We're not nearly through any of this yet. As, as much as people just want things to go back to normal, we want to see America, you know, we want to see you know, hey, people have their political differences, but, you know, we don't need to be living where there's essentially two Americas, where you've got essentially the city states, you know, New York, LA, San Francisco, you name it, Chicago, versus every everywhere else. And in the process of that, you have the government, which is now the federal government, and these, and these governments within these blue states are weaponized. They've weaponized the Department of Justice. They weaponized the intelligence agencies. Now they're, you talk about it all the time, what they're doing with the military. Um, it's, a, it's a disaster. It's nothing short of a, of a disaster. And look, I want the light at the end of the tunnel, but right now I'm telling you, it takes vigilance and execution of, of, of good people doing the right thing for the right reasons. Um, so, you know, and that's, that's what, it, you know, that's what, you know, we started out talking about true social. Donald Trump had no choice but to create his own company. I felt it was my obligation to leave Congress to run this company because we have to at least get communications with each other. And so where do we stand right now with this? You've got essentially slightly less than half the population. You could, you know, look at a different polling. You can't believe them all, but less than slightly less than half the population knows what the DOJ and the dirty cops of the FBI were up to. They know Clinton, Obama, Biden were all involved in smearing and framing Donald Trump. Now, that's a, a good thing. But on the other side, you still have over half the population, at least the last point I saw that thought, well, Trump and Republicans must have something to do with Russia, right? Yeah. So, so you've got, you know, obviously Durham, I don't think Durham my, my take on Durham is, is that he's done a very good job and can do a very thorough job. He's well aware of the political atmospherics. He has to be. My guess is he didn't want to, to bring uh, the Sussman case to trial. My guess is that he believed, and rightfully so, that any normal human being in that position, when they are guilty as hell, would essentially cooperate and you know, either plead guilty or become a cooperating witness. But so I think Durham must have, uh, and maybe someday we'll learn about this, but, but Sussman obviously was afraid of maybe disappearing himself because, you know, he essentially, they put all their money on a DC jury to acquit him. And this is, a, this is more of the dark chapter. Like 
what Republican is going to bring any case uh, and, and have a, a chance at a fair jury trial in our nation's capital? If it's political at all, you're going to lose. Like, you know, whether it's a civil case or a criminal case, you're going to lose. And that's a problem, right? And look, yeah. and you can go to, and it leads all of this that's happened. Where are we now? This just happened recently. You have assassination attempts on Supreme Court justices. You have judge Supreme Court justices being targeted, bounties put on their head to identify them if they're eating at a restaurant in Washington, D.C. And the, and the Department of Transportation secretary is saying that's okay, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, so all of that is happening. This is a, so we are nowhere near the end. Um, we have this additional Durham uh, prosecution coming up in Northern Virginia uh, against uh, Danchenko, who was, who was their token Russian, who happens to be connected to the left-wing Brookings Institute, who happens to be connected to Fiona Hill. Remember the star yeah, witness? Yeah, I do. State Department that led to the, uh, the phony Ukraine impeachment stuff that I, that I had to deal with. All of these people are interconnected and interrelated, including the judges. And so, uh, look, I, I think that, uh, sadly said, I, I think it gets uh, worse before before it gets better, because judges, you know, the, that that judiciary branch of government, um, you know, the legislative branch is completely destroyed. Um, you know, Pelosi is running uh, like nothing I've ever seen. I was there for twenty years, never seen anything like this. Um, you know, creating show trials, special fake committees uh, that no one, the, the founding fathers never would have thought this would have been possible for uh, a show trials like this to be you know, happening in the House of Representatives. Um, you've got, you know, the, uh, you know, Jan 6 uh, rioters are being com treated completely differently than all the, all the Antifa riots that went on all over the country in 2020, including an attack on the White House while Donald Trump was president and was there. May thirty right? first, they tried to. They had to put. Remember, they had to put Trump in a, a bunker. They Secret Service were scared they would break through. Yeah, um, I mean, they just about did break through. Yeah, and Lynn Cheney uh, has, hasn't had, even talked. Hasn't talked about that at all. Yeah, and then you had the the RNC uh, acceptance speech that because of COVID was given in the on the grounds <laughs> of the White House. I was there, Victor. I had trouble, like many people did, leaving. You know, if it wouldn't have been for a retired NYPD a police officer um, who was armed that I, myself and a few others that had left the left the grounds, you know, we were about ready to be attacked. If he wouldn't have stepped in, he was there providing security for one of the media companies. That was when right? Rand Paul and his wife were surrounded, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's just so many people. So, yeah. I mean, that happened. I mean, and, and you know, I don't know what would have happened if, 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 if yeah. that police officer, retired police officer wouldn't have been there. And I'm talking about just in my case. So, the, the last thing standing right now, the executive branch, obviously, with the woke military, the corrupt DOJ, all of that stuff. So executive branch is screwed. The legislative branch is screwed. And the judiciary branch is screwed right now. And so you would hope that these judges would step up, but I'm just not seeing it. I'm seeing it that the judges are making decisions. If you're a, if you're a left wing, if you were appointed by Obama or now well, Biden, Obama or Clinton, you're going to do the politically right thing. And I, I don't, you know, like we could get an example after example. Um, if you're a Republican judge, if you fall into the never Trump and you watch the fake news and you haven't figured out yet that, you know, the Washington Post, the New York Times, all these are, are, are tools of 
either billionaires or corporations that are part of the propaganda machine. If you're listening to that fake news and you're a judge, you know, just like my former colleagues, my own Republicans, you're a fool and you're destroying the country to listen to what's, because it's all propaganda and you only have to do the best case study. And I've been through a couple of them now, right? Whether it's Russia, the Russia hoax, whether it's the Ukraine impeachment hoax, or whether it's being the CEO of True Social and watching, if somebody goes through and, and, and looks, if you just, like we were talking about earlier, if you just do a Google search and go back and look at the stories, I mean, you, it's like you live on a different planet. You would not know that, you know, that we have incredible engagement, that people that have left Twitter, left Instagram are doing far better in engagement on our little platform, just as it's in its infancy. You wouldn't know that. And so the, the judiciary is kind of that last um, wall of defense. They are hopelessly uh, in bad shape. Um, you know, the fact that you can't even get the Department of Justice to go out and prosecute these guys and investigate these guys that are left-wing groups that are putting up bounties to out a Supreme Court justice that's sitting in a restaurant. And Victor, as somebody who, you know, the last five years, you know, before I left Washington, D.C., even the times I've been back since I left Congress, Victor, I was down to, and I won't even say where I would go, I was down to only three restaurants that I could go to out of fear of my own security and, my, and, and people that I was with security. So that's now happening to Supreme Court justices there. You know, it was all fun, you know, all fun and games. Oh, well, that's Devin Nunes. He's a Trump guy. He's a Russian agent. You know, all the bullshit that they would say. It was all fine and dandy then. Well, now all of a sudden, because that was accepted, I mean, Victor, you know, how about the people that were outside of my house that targeted my wife oh, and my I children? So Let me. all that all that happened. I'll just uh, you know just to kind of close this up. Uh, you know, the only the, the short term hope right now is that there is a red wave in November, and Republicans can get back control, and they have to immediately set up some type of commission or special committee that is going to issue subpoenas almost day one. Uh, to, to go after all of these corrupt you know, issues that we've just run the gamut on here in, in, on your show between you know, January 6th, the Russia hoax, uh, all of that has to be looked at in and these people have to be investigated, including the very, including Mueller, who should be investigated and his whole team should be investigated. One of the biggest frauds in American history that's nobody's talking about that. And also this January 6th uh, phony stuff where Pelosi and others, including probably our own federal government, you know, in, are, are culpable for this. So the Republicans in the House, at least, are going to have to, to quickly move like they've never moved before and put in a plan and execute on the plan and start issuing subpoenas immediately to hold the DOJ and other executive branch and, and either former or current sitting legislative leaders and maybe perhaps the judicial branch to hold them accountable for letting the country go down the toilet like it's been doing the last few years. So I think all of our listeners, we've talked about this before, whether we go the Old Testament or New Testament route, that's kind of a false dichotomy because you can do both. But if the Republicans do take the House and they do take it with a sizable majority and maybe they take the Senate as well. So I think being Republicans, nobody wants Kevin McCarthy to tear up the State of the Union address uh, when Joe Biden hands it in the way Pelosi did. And probably nobody wants a Republican 
to talk about getting rid of the filibuster when they have a majority as the Democrats are doing now. And nobody wants to pack the court in 2024. But what you're saying in conclusion, Devin, is that these people on the hard left, if you just say, well, that's those are bygones, let's move on, the, the Romney-McCain sort of generic uh, Republican approach, there's no deterrence and they will do it the minute they get back in power and that we need multi-investigations of everything, maybe from the Biden uh, family, what was the FBI doing with the laptop, the diary, the way they went after journalists. All of this needs to be investigated in a very, in a muscular way we've never seen Republicans act before, except in a few cases in your committee and others. And that's what you're saying, that when if, you, if they take over, you're hoping that they send a lesson that you can't do this in America. Is that right? Yeah, I think of I think that's exactly right. And you know, there's and remember our investigation, which is you know one of the more successful congressional investigations in history, even though hardly anybody's been convicted so far. But remember how small we were, right? And so they have to do investigations that were never that that nobody has really ever you know contemplated you know, at least in modern history. I mean, maybe you could go back to the, the church commission, uh, perhaps, you know, that created the, the intelligence uh, committees in the Congress, uh, maybe the 9-11 commission, but I think this has to be much bigger than that because um, it's, it's the house that's probably gonna be the only one to do it. And it would have to be put together at, at such a scale uh, that, that most people haven't uh, thought about before. And I know that you know, the leaders in Congress that, that, that I know, uh, you know, are at least they understand what has to be done. But I think, you know, they have to first, and you know, having been there, they have to first win these elections. Right. So you have to yes. you, you have to deliver on winning in November and then you're going to have to quickly turn and you're going to have to create some type of commission that's never been created before uh, that's going to go after these. It's going to go basically target at the, at the end of the day. It pretty much all starts and stops with the Department of Justice. I mean, they're the one that have ultimately, you know, I mean, they control the FBI. They're the ones that have used, you know, that, that are, are willing to use the other intelligence agencies. They're the ones that decided to cooperate with the Clinton campaign, Obama, uh, the Jan 6, you know, the, the, the corrupt guy, the corrupt uh, uh, stuff going on in Washington right now. They're the ones who have decided not to go and prosecute these people they are camping outside of of justice's homes. Um, they're the ones who, you know, have, you know, haven't been able to find the leaker that leaked the decision uh, early on what the overturned Roe v. Wade. So there's so much that has to be looked at. It's going to have to be on a scale they never thought of. And plus, you know, it's going to, they're going to have to hold, you know, I agree with you, Victor, I think, you know, tearing up state of the union and that sort of stuff is going to be, you know, not that that's not going to work, but there's clearly, Several because Pelosi made it the norm, right? And the Democrats, there's going to have to be sadly, and I say this sadly, but multiple impeachments of that was of my next and final question. So let me yeah. finish our interview with just two questions mm -hmm. about the reestablishment of deterrence. The first question is: Should Kevin McCarthy say with great reluctance, "I don't want to do this," but? Speaker Pelosi established a precedent. So for one year, I'm going to prohibit certain extreme members that I feel 
uh, are not interested in governance, I'm not going to let them serve on committees in the fashion that they did to Republican when they oh, were nominated. I, I think without, w- without question, you know, look, I was there when some of our members were kicked off of committees. I was, I yeah. was in Congress still. Um, you know, couldn't believe that we had gone down that far in this in this country and in our legislative branch of government. And it, it's got to be far more than, than that. I mean, it has to be as long as Republicans have control. And I'm not going to name names because I'll leave that. I mean, obviously, I have my opinions of who it should be. Um, but look, I'm out of there and I'll, I'll leave it up to my former colleagues. But there are probably dozens of Democrats that shouldn't serve on any committees and not because that's not the way America should be, but it's what they created. And until I, and look, you know, this from being in California, Victor, and we didn't even cover that on the show today, but the only thing that moves leftists is extreme pain. And you see that in California, right? We're about, the best example is the one that's right in front of us. Now we're about ready to run out of power. Uh, out of energy. They've been shutting down the, the last two nuclear power plants. One got shut down. Now the last two reactors are sitting over on the central coast nearby us. Um, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, Republicans, I, I basically led the way saying, what the hell are you guys going to run us out of power? Been stating the obvious here, you shut down these reactors here over the next course of the next couple of years, we're going to be out of power. Like we're, the, the lights are going to go out. And it, I, th- I don't think it wasn't until the essentially woke corporates that control the monopolies here in California, energy companies, went to Newsom and the Democrats and said, uh, yeah, we're going to run out of power if we go through with this. And now all of a sudden you've seen Newsom, oh, we're going to keep uh, we're going to keep these reactors open. So it's only at that pain level, sadly, that trained Marxists will change behavior. So you can call it a deterrent. That's probably a, a, a good word. But but McCarthy and the Republicans are going to have to say, look, sorry, you guys are you guys are out. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and, just, yeah. and just, that's going to include, as you mentioned, impeachment. That would include article, even though there would not be a conviction because it's unlikely the Republicans would capture 60 seats in the Senate. But that would include, say, articles of impeachment that Joe Biden failed to his oath of office to enforce immigration laws or that Mallorca should be impeached for failing to enforce uh, statutes. He deliberately undermined them or some of the people in the DOJ's misuse of the FBI for political purposes. Would that also come up, you think? Well, they, they've made the norm. The, the norm now has been made because of their, their behavior. The norm now in this country is that we impeach presidents. I mean, that, that's just the norm. Right. Because and I mean, that was completely false. What they did on Ukraine, you take the Ukraine uh, impeachment, it was it was a furtherance of the Russia hoax. Right. They attempted to do it with Mola. And then they quickly pivoted and they made up a whole story on Ukraine, which is equally as bad as the Russia hoax. They made it up on Ukraine. And this is another problem. I mean, the, the, the FBI, DOJ, they knew about all this. They knew about Biden's involvement in Ukraine and the Clinton Foundation's involvement in Ukraine. They had to have known about it. And so, you know, and they were able to hide it, you know, even when Trump had people running, you know, these agencies, you know, either they, you know, they either they didn't know it or or they or they weren't willing to do anything about it. Who, who the hell knows? But that's that's how bad this is. This has become. And so impeachments are the norm kicking members off committees are the norm, but that's just the deterrent part. But to, in order to be on offense, Victor, 
It's going to take an unprecedented creation of some commission, some committee with the, the full power of the legislative branch to go in and run a massive investigation like that's never been seen in history. If And, and, and that's only going to provide a little bit of offense because you're still going to have all the bad players at DOJ, FBI, the Biden administration, they're all still going to be there. And as you as you well know, um, you know, the biggest problem we had and continue to have is we and you know, we've made we made 14 criminal indictments involving dozens of dozens of people. And so far, you know, but we didn't have guns or, or ability to go out and arrest someone. All we could do is turn it over to DOJ. And now Durham you know, is what one for two. Right. He had one person plead mm-hmm. guilty and then he lost one in court. So it's uh, we got a long way to go. We do. And with that. We've covered a lot of ground from Truth Social to the midterm elections to the perilous state of democracy and the threats from the left. And our guest today has been former representative uh, and head of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes, and currently CEO of Truth Social. And Devin, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast today. Well, thank thank you so much. And uh, Victor, as you know, I'm a uh, uh, Big fan of the podcast and uh, the work that, that you're doing uh, is critically critically important in terms of ability to communicate uh, some sensible policies about you know not only the history, uh, modern history and modern warfare, but dating back with your ability to go back to Roman and, and Greek history is just just incredible. So it's an honor for me to be on the show. Well, thank you very much, and we'll see you all very shortly. Thank you for listening. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.